Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Hello and welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, episode number 15. This is the show that takes you inside the sport of mountain biking, picking the brains of industry leaders, finding out what makes them tick. We'll be bringing you information on everything from gear to diet to trails and everything in between and also why you ride. Yes, I would like to talk to you, the everyday rider, and break down the reasons why you ride and possibly get you on the podcast. So that would be very exciting and I love doing those episodes. They're actually quite fun. So if you would like to be a guest on the podcast, please visit the website mtb-tribe.com. You can subscribe there and leave me an email and or just get in contact any way you want through social media and I uh, read and return everything there so I will hopefully be in touch and we can get you on the podcast that would be awesome so on to today's show today we are chatting to Mr Ben Jones and Ben is the founder of Ben Jones MTB Adventures Ben runs a very professional and successful MTB holiday company that provides many holiday packages throughout the Alps Italy and Scotland and Ben is originally from Scotland so he has got guided tours there but um, we chat to Ben he's an awesome fellow uh, the tours he runs look absolutely amazing. I unfortunately haven't been on one myself, but it is on the bucket list. Um, so we chat to Ben about why he started an M- MTB adventure company, what trips and packages Ben offers, the preparation required for choosing routes, and Ben has some new ones coming up, so we chat to him about those. Ben's most popular trip, uh, what you should bring and what you should not forget to bring on something like that and how fit you need to be and a general itinerary kind of for a day today on the mountain with Ben. So it's a great episode folks, I hope you enjoy it and um, it's just what we need in these dark and dreary old days is the uh, the thought or the dream of a nice, a nice mountain biking holiday to Italy with Ben would be absolutely awesome. So please check out the episode, it's really worth a listen and uh, you'll get loads of information through this episode also if you would like to go to the show notes at mtb-tribe.com you'll get a lot of links to ben's material his website is absolutely fantastic it's full jam-packed with information and um, there's also a link on the show notes there to bkxc the youtube channel and brian kennedy was actually out with ben and filmed a lot of the routes that you can do with ben so that is awesome to watch also um it's on there in the show link so check it out so folks so put your feet up sit back relax and welcome ben jones to the mtb tribe podcast hi ben how you doing welcome to the mtb tribe podcast it's absolutely awesome to have you here um i hope everything's going well for you Hi Gareth, yeah, very well, very well, thank you, very well. How are you? I am very good, thank you. And we've been trying to hook up for a wee while now, but you've just been so busy with your adventure tours and stuff. Um, so I hope things have calmed down a wee bit and you can put your feet up and watch some TV for a few nights. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. You know, it's um, it's a funny time of year. Everything uh, everything's kind of winding down to an to an extent. Um, but as uh, as all the fun bits wind down, I as as riding my bike winds down and uh kind of the cold weather moves in all the boring stuff kind of starts to happen all the uh all the accounts need to be done and uh, next year's hotels need to be booked and all that all that not so fun stuff behind the scenes so uh so yeah it's kind of uh it's uh it's nice to nice to relax a little bit but you know it's there's always always something going on oh yeah you're always busy that that's for sure so we'll we'll get into your mountain bike adventures um 
a wee bit later uh, in, in the episode, but if you want to, just give us a brief brief overview of what Ben Jones MTB Adventures is and kind of what, what you do. Okay, so um, I organise mountain biking holidays. Um, right now we have trips in the European Alps um, and in Scotland. Um, the key thing about what we do is that the trips are, uh, they're all point to point. Um, or at least they've all kind of got an adventurous um, idea to the ride and, and generally that kind of involves a, uh, a point-to-point ride. Um, you know, we, we do that both both in the Alps where, you know, our trips are generally a week long and um, taking lots of different lots of different places that maybe some, some places people have heard of, you know, places like Chamonix, places like Alpe d'Huez, uh, places like Les Arcs, and then, you know, places that, that people haven't heard of like Valfrigeus and uh, Beaufortain, um, you know, and going into places like Valgozanch in Italy. So, you know, that that's really the whole point of what we do is to kind of use the the means of transport that a bike is uh, to, to explore the landscape while also taking in what I believe are some of the world's best trails. Um, so that's kind of the kind of the the inspiration behind it, if that makes sense. Yeah, sure, certainly, and I, I've seen some of your footage, and it looks absolutely amazing. Some of the views and stuff you're getting there is is unbelievable. So it's it's, yeah. a, it's a great office to have, really. <laughs> it's not too bad. I can't have no complaints about that. Uh, yeah, and are you based in Scotland, Ben? Is is that where you live? I am. I'm based in Edinburgh. I mean, as you can imagine, my lifestyle is a little bit nomadic with. Mm. Uh, you know, rushing up to the Highlands to to run trips up there, and, and obviously not not just for work, but you know, going up for my own uh, for my own riding, and um, you know, and just I love to be in the mountains full stop. So uh, so I'm always always away somewhere, and then I spend uh, most of the summer out in out in France. So this year, for example, I was in Europe for four months. So it's a little bit nomadic, but I am based in Edinburgh, Scotland. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, and if you don't mind, just tell us how. Ben Jones MTB started. Can you take us through what you were thinking at that time um, and why you wanted to start an adventure company? Because it's quite a big undertaking, isn't it? It's quite a big thing to want to do. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, I, I, I really uh, I really just kind of drifted into it in, in a lot of ways. Um, I was actually working as a, as a mountain bike guide for, for quite a few years uh, while, I was, while I was studying. Uh, I was working for a, a now defunct um, mountain bike operator out in Les Arcs uh, and every every summer I would go out and, and ride with them um, you know but I think it's fair to say that when I when I started um, it was proper kind of uh, poverty pay or but maybe should maybe I should say lifestyle pay yeah uh, but you know you, you really you really went out there for the love of riding bikes uh, for the love of showing people the mountains uh, you know and, and that was that was great and that worked really well when you were kind of going through um, studying and you know, you just kind of uh, came out in summer holidays to have yeah. a bit of a laugh. It, it was great. Um, and then when I when I finished studying and kind of entered the real world as such, um, had to really make a, make a bit of a decision. And uh, really the decision is, do you want to um, go your own way um, and start your own business and try and make a living out of it? Or do you want to, you know, treat mountain biking as a, as a hobby and go and, join the real world and get a, get a real job. And, and I decided to do, uh, do the first of those options and try and try and make a living out of what I love to do. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I started, um, 
start Ben Jones MTB. And uh, in a lot of ways, the name, the name in, in a way kind of gives away how seriously I took it at the time. Uh, you know, the, the first year I did it, it was, it was really just kind of me saying to, to people I knew that liked to ride bikes and enjoy going out in the Alps. It was kind of me saying to them, listen, you know, I'm doing this thing out in the Alps involving riding bikes um, in some great places. Uh, you know, do you want to come out and join me for a week? And, and it was really that, it was really that kind of casual for the first mm-hmm. year. And it kind of just grew arms and legs from there, to be honest. Yeah, brilliant. And I suppose you had a wee bit of experience because you were doing that as, as a summer job as well. So you knew what to expect. You, you kind of knew some of the routes and stuff. But I suppose when you're stepping into it for yourself, it's very, very different. So how did you kind of go about validating the idea? Did you just think, well, I'll try it for a year and see how it goes? Or, you know, did you have a plan of action set down to actually give yourself goals and what you want to achieve through the business? You know, at first it was it was very much um, kind of let's just see how this goes. Um, actually, there's a there's a very memorable trip in in my mind, um, and I had some friends come out from Scotland. And at the time, I just uh, kind of stopped working for uh, for someone else, and I was just kind of spending a season out in the Alps, um, riding my bike. That that was all there was to it, really. It was a bit of a holiday, and uh, you know, with a bit of an eye maybe to kind of doing something myself, but no kind of no set plan um and i had some friends come out and i uh, said to them listen you know i've been really getting into this idea of running these kind of point-to-point adventures um and at the time it was very much using the lift networks that we had in Lazark and laplan and over into the three valleys area which i'm sure some people have have heard of um especially for the winter but you know in the in the summer these areas were kind of pretty unexplored and you know the 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 trails linking them up you know, I'd been riding some bits and pieces for um, in the Lazark area for a while, but kind of taking those trails out to to Courchevel and the Three Valleys uh, and linking them up with the uh, with buses, with chairlifts, uh, with some pedaling, um, that was all new. And and you know, I kind of got this route planned, and I said to my friends, I was like, "Listen, let's uh, let's go and let's go and give this a go and see how it how it links up and see what you think." and uh, in that first night, we 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 spent this first night in a refuge, uh, and I'll always remember it. it was uh, It was very funny. We uh, you you know you're riding you're riding bikes, so you're not you're not taking much kit with you, uh, and we hadn't even got spare clothes, and we got massively stormed on uh, just as we were coming to this refuge and got totally soaked, but had no <laughs> spare clothes really. Yeah. So we were sitting in this refuge, and it was quite a nice place. I mean, it is a it is a refuge, but it actually had kind of road access and people would come up there for food and you know kind of sit down meals and stuff and we were sitting there and all we were wearing is our chamois and kind of some like waterproof jackets basically and the the lady that ran this refuge had to come come over to us and say very nicely she was like guys uh, unfortunately you're not eating here in your pants you're gonna have to <laughs> you're gonna have to put some clothes on mm-hmm. um so we did and i remember chatting over dinner and uh, my my friend Thomas uh, and my friend uh, Ian, who who actually went on to uh, guide for me, uh, both said to me, they were like, this is this is a great concept. This is awesome. This is, you know, great trails, but also, uh, you know, what an adventure. And, you know, we're all sitting here in this refuge uh, in our pants eating, um, you know, eating great Alpine food, kind of uh, proper French kind of Alps hospitality. Um, you know, this is just adding so much more to the whole experience of coming out to the Alps and riding bikes. And yeah. they said to me very explicitly, you know, you should do this. This should be what you do. Yeah. Um, and I was like, all right. So um, so the following 
yeah, we uh, we had our first uh, kind of commercial clients, so to speak. I wouldn't I wouldn't say commercial in that sense. They were all uh, the first year was definitely all kind of friends and friends of friends, and yeah. it was all good fun. Well, um, that, still is all good fun. Yeah, like that's pretty awesome that you you kind of get your mates, you know, to validate the idea for you and to say that you know, yeah, this will work. You know, uh, that's pretty awesome because you can do it in a more relaxed setting almost. And you know, as long as your friends are truthful to you and not just trying to be nice, then at least you know there's there's something you can go with there. So that's awesome. Sure, and, and and trust me when I say this, I definitely have friends that if I show them a dud trail, I I will know about it. They 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 make their feelings <laughs> quite clear. Um, I I was putting together a new trip, and I'll, I'll get into this maybe a bit later. But we're putting together a new trip right now uh, in Italy, and um, during the kind of trail finding phase, uh, I had a couple of friends come out, and mm-hmm. there were there was one particular day where we hiked downhill for about five or six hours with bikes on the back in places um down honestly via ferrati you know we were we were lowering ourselves down cables with bikes uh, and um, my friend who i was with uh then certainly made it quite clear that he wasn't enjoying himself so yeah. <laughs> i've definitely yeah. got a, got a really nice kind of sounding board there in terms of friends who can come and come and check out what we you know what we're planning to do and tell me pretty honestly if they uh if they think that it's um that it's delivering the goods yeah no well, that's awesome that's good to have that really um so ben are you a one-man band are you kind of doing everything yourself like answering emails you know updating websites do you manage uh, yeah. that all by all, all on your own i do i mean um when I say we, you know, I've got such a great team of guides that uh, that I work with um, that it, it always feels like always feels like we. And there's there's one guy in particular, a guy called Chris, um, who's been there from the start. And and if it wasn't for his, uh, I guess, prior commitments in terms of family and work, uh, he'd have definitely been, um, you know, my partner in doing this. But he couldn't really commit to the, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to the kind of time. Uh, that you need to put into this kind of thing. So yeah, I mean it's uh, it's really me doing doing all the kind of back office stuff, all the emails, as you say, all the kind of planning. Um, but I've got a great team of guides on the ground that are you know that are really yeah they've been there since the start. A lot of them, um, mm-hmm. and you know they can just go and do do everything just as as well as I can uh, in terms of um, on the ground. Uh, and the same goes for when we're putting together a new route. You know, uh, it'll often be. I mean, I must admit, with what we've what we're putting together in Italy, um, you know, Chris put in an awful lot more than me in terms of um, finding the roots and uh, in terms of kind of coming up with with that idea. So, so yeah, I've, I've got a great team around me, but uh, in terms of the boring stuff, I tend to tend to be the one doing uh, doing most of that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's cool. Well, I would like to talk a wee bit about preparation of trails um, and how you find your roots and your team a wee bit later, if you don't mind, because I think that's yeah, very no interesting. Um, so how do you keep yourself motivated, Ben, uh, with all the daily going-ons? I'm sure it takes up 24-7 of your time. Um, you know, how do you keep yourself motivated? Is, is there any any times you feel that you're maybe a wee bit in over your head or there's too much to do or, you know, the business side of it's taken away from the lifestyle side of it? How, how do you keep yourself motivated and keep going? Yeah, you know, um, I, I feel over my head at the start of every season, to be honest with you, Gareth. Every, yeah, every really? time, wow. okay. well, every time I look at, um, you know, every season we've, we've grown um, and every time I look at the book and spreadsheet and I'm like, you know, Jesus, we've got 
200 people to keep happy this summer. Um, you know, it always feels like a big job. Um, but you know, when you, when you actually, um, when you start to run the trips, when you start to get out on the mountain with, uh, with your customers, you, you know, you soon realize, um, that actually, as long as we're showing people good trails and as long as uh, I've kind of done my job in the weeks and months leading up to the season, that actually it's just a case of going and enjoying riding your bike with new people. So so th- I would say that that kind of leads quite nicely into, into what motivates me. I mean, mm-hmm. really, it's, it's riding my bike, uh, obviously, but, it, but it's also showing other people some great trails and, you know, having them leave um, – having had a, a great experience and leaving a, leaving a great review. And, you know, when I get an email from, from guys at the end of a week saying, you know, um, the trip surpassed all my expectations. Thanks so much. Um, when can I, when can I book the next one? Uh, mm-hmm. that, that's really kind of what, uh, what keeps me going, I think. Um, but, you know, also, uh, I think the one thing that this job does allow me to do is have a really kind of um flexible kind of work-life balance i mean sometimes it definitely feels especially through the summer it feels all work and not much life but you know through the winter i do get quite a lot of a lot of opportunity to go away traveling and take my laptop with me and just kind of keep on top of keep on top of the emails but you know certainly not don't feel hard done by in in kind of the uh, work-life balance department so yeah that, that kind of keeps me going and getting up into the mountains as well you know i live in a live in a great place up in central mm-hmm. scotland here where it's very very easy to get into the hills so you know i'm sure you'll know yourself you know you have a have a stressful day and you know there's a or you feel like kind of work's overwhelming you and there's nothing quite like going out for a bike ride to to kind of yeah. blow the cobwebs away so yeah i reckon that's yeah oh well that sounds that sounds very good you, you seem to have a balance there which is nice and i think you you need you need to if you've because you know i i live in a, a summer seaside town here so i realize what it's like in the summer it is just absolutely madness here it's hectic you know and you need that balance where you go crazy for a season and then you can relax a wee bit more and do your own thing and kind of schedule things a wee bit better so yeah it's good you have yeah, that balance. That's it. you really need it mentally you really need it i, I feel so I think it's um, it's not for everyone. The kind of work, this the seasonal work ethic. You know, work hard for four or five months. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now for me with the with all the stuff we do in Scotland as well, it's 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 near enough a six month season. It is full on for six months, but then I get six months of the year, which is which is quite relaxing, really. And uh, you know, there's lots of important jobs to do, but there's nothing particularly urgent. I mean, mm-hmm. right now I'm looking at booking accommodation for you know for this time. Uh, sorry, for, for next year, you know, for, for May, June, July next year. So, you know, there's a little bit of time to, to play with there. So that's yeah. that's kind of the, the flip side, I think. Cool. And how long have you been trading for now as Ben Jones MTB Adventures? You know, this is going into the sixth year. I, I honestly can't believe it myself, but this is six uh, six years in, or going into the sixth year in 2018. Wow. So, wow. yeah, um, feels like yesterday, to be totally honest with you, that we started yeah. out. <laughs> there you are. And... Um, I heard somewhere or I read somewhere maybe that you were a keen mountaineer as well. Is that right? Yeah. You know, I, I enjoy, I enjoy the mountains. I think, uh, mm-hmm. just being in the mountains, whether that's being in the mountains to ride bikes, um, to ski, which is another one of my, um, big hobbies, um, or, or to climb mountaineer, that, that kind of stuff, you know, I, I mean, 
uh, biking does through the summer months biking does kind of take over a bit but through the winter you know i've managed to get up into scotland and do some climbing and do some mountaineering and yeah it's just just been in the hills you know i just love just, just love, love the mountains yeah. yeah it's great awesome okay so let's talk about ben jones mtb adventure holidays then let's know let's uh, let the people know what, what you're all about and what you offer so you offer a great range of trips your website's brilliant it is full of information packed full jammed of information there so it's really really good um so you offer trips like mont blanc alps scotland uh loads more there as you said at the start so how did you go about choosing the packages that you offer there okay well the the first one came quite naturally so our first trip was the mont blanc conjure um and really what it was is it was trying to it was trying to take the um the adventure element of doing something like the tour de mont blanc now the tour de mont blanc is a is probably one of the world's most famous long distance footpaths uh it takes between um you know five and ten days to walk around mont blanc um and it is for a while it's been a relatively popular thing to do on a mountain bike um Unfortunately, when you do it on a mountain bike, you're basically working on about a one-to-one kind of ratio uh, of going up to going down, mm-hmm. which is, you know, which is great. I mean, it's a, it's a great adventure uh, to go on. But what I'm really interested in is uh, is trying to use the infrastructure in the Alps. Uh, so by the infrastructure there, I mean chairlifts, you know, the road access, uh, the mm-hmm. bus systems, the trains. Use that to kind of boost that ratio a little bit you know to kind of get to one to four one to five ratio in terms of climbing to descending so you know but you don't want to lose that element of adventure that you get from a big circumnavigation of Mont Blanc so it kind of came from a from a conversation with someone who um is maybe familiar to some of your listeners a guy called Ash Smith of Transprovence uh who I've worked with quite a lot in the past and I remember several years ago now we were talking about um this kind of uh this kind of mountain biking and he went on to um to start trans provence which um is is kind of in terms of racing really kind of defines this genre of mountain biking the kind of enduro genre i think it's probably the first i think ash would call it the um itinerary enduro you know a, a kind of adventurous um enduro ride uh, and Transparence was certainly the first to come along um, there. And I remember I had this conversation with Ash and kind of talked about trying to um, kind of do a do a bit of a route around Mont Blanc. And uh, he said, well, you know, don't uh, don't think about doing the Tour de Mont Blanc. Do the Mont Blanc Enduro and just come up with your own with your own route around it. So mm-hmm. from that, I went on to uh, went on to kind of do the research for that route and do the exploring. And I think you mentioned briefly some of it. Um, some of it kind of slotted into place naturally from existing knowledge of being in the Alps. Um, but actually a surprising amount of it kind of required sitting down in front of maps and putting something together. Um, so yeah, that was, that was our first one, the Mont Blanc one. And we got some customers out and I was a bit tentative at first. I mean, this, when I started, you know, there was, there was Transprovence that existed, but really apart from that, there was no one really offering this kind of, enduro mountain biking uh itinerary holiday kind of thing um now you look now and everyone's at it uh which is i think testament to um how the industry is changing how bikes are changing um but yeah at the time i was i was unsure if people would kind of really want to do that kind of trip and um luckily luckily they did um and the first year went really well and second year went even better and 
I think it was in the second year, decided to put together another trip. Uh, I was just getting customers just saying to me, Ben, um, that was great, but what do I do next? You know, like mm-hmm. we've had this great adventure around Mont Blanc. Um, some people booked on to do it again, but a lot of people were like, you know, we want something new. So I put together a trip between uh, Chamonix and Alpe d'Huez, which we call the Trans Alps. Um, and, um, and then after that, I started putting together stuff in Scotland where I live, uh, which made sense uh, for obvious reasons. Um, and, and yeah, now we're starting to put together something in Italy, in the Lake District region of Italy. So that's Lake Como, Lake Garda. That's um, oh, where we put something together now. That'll be absolutely it's, beautiful there. It's unbelievable. It really is. The riding's yeah. the riding's fantastic as well. So yeah, we're kind of uh, kind of still still growing, still adding trips, but trying not to kind of lose sight of why we do it in the first place, which is to ride our bikes in in great places, you know. And I think as long as you're true to that, and as long as you put together trips that that I want to ride day in day out, and that my guys want to ride day in day out, then. I think the customers all follow us because mm-hmm. I, I think we, we like to do the same things, which is nice. Yeah, and, and watching footage of your trips, Ben, and stuff, you're going through quite a lot of the, the wee local towns and, and things like that. Do you need to ask permission from any of the local authorities or anything to use the trails, or you know, can you are they just all public access? So we're quite lucky in most of Europe. I know in England they're not quite as lucky, but in Scotland, uh, for example, we've got um, we've got the freedom to roam um, anywhere we want on a on a mountain bike um, and on a, actually on on a horse and uh, walking as well. And and it's kind of always been that way in Scotland. So you know, someone like Scotland, the, the access laws are, are brilliant for us getting out on the bikes. Um, and in France and Italy, actually, they're, they're pretty close uh, to, to the freedom we have in Scotland. So it is, as far as I can see, really, in, in Europe, it seems to be a very, um, I'm sure there's other places, I'm sure I'll be corrected, but it seems to be a very English problem with, with trail access. Um, those problems don't really exist uh, in the Alps. Certainly, I don't, um, I don't kind of come up against those problems in the Alps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's good. And I suppose too, too, when you're doing research and stuff, you're always kind of looking for new areas or new routes to ride. And I'm sure you, you get people saying to you, have you looked at this area, Ben? Have you looked at this area? Have you ever thought of going here and doing this? I'm sure you get that quite often. Are you always looking at new areas to to think of putting trips on for and stuff? Yeah, you know, I, I do get I do get that a lot. I do get people that that keep on suggesting uh, suggesting places. You know, a lot of the time people will go on holiday somewhere, um, and they'll say, "Ben, I went on this great holiday, and it was based in one place." Um, you know, I'd love to go to that area and do a bit of a point to point adventure, like what you do in the Alps or what you do in Scotland. Um, you know, but obviously uh, time and resources are, are limited, so uh, unfortunately can't follow up on all of them. But but I guess that's that's where I kind of go into to the it- uh, Italian Lake District, um, putting together this trip there. I guess that's where it comes from, really, is, is speaking to people that have ridden in Lake Garda and Lake Como, and they've said, you know, oh, Ben, you'd love the ride in there, and I'm, I'm sure there's potential to put together a trip. And then mm-hmm. a year or so later go there with a team of guides and, and we try and make it happen. So, uh, so yeah, I, I think what, what is important, um, though, is I try when I ride for myself, um, in a new area, I try to not always look at it from a, you know, can I put together a trip here? 
point of view you know uh, a lot of the time i love to go to a new place and actually be guided and not think about it not think about where we are and what we can link here and what we can link there but actually just follow someone else and ride some great trails so you know i, I don't i do deliberately try and kind of not always um think in in those terms but yeah i mean it's it's hard hard not to a lot of the time yeah, and and you're talking about the new the new trip you're planning for Italy. Like, how many hours of riding or checking areas out would that process take? I'm sure that takes forever to actually get all these links together and accommodation sorted, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Sure. So the the Italy ones are kind of good test of that because the the ones we've done in the Alps, there's always been an element of uh, trail knowledge that we've built up over. A period of years you know uh, so when we put together our trans alp trip for example you know there were there was probably three days of it already out out of the six days that trip runs there were probably three days where we at least had uh you know a kind of good kind of mental jog like image mental geography of the of the area we we're going through and that makes it massively easier um but in italy i mean we arrived with a bunch of maps um you know we'd done the planning back in the uk but we arrived basically with a bunch of maps i'd been on holiday to lake como once before um hadn't really uh you know done a bit of riding but hadn't hadn't done a huge amount there um lake garda i'd never been to um and i think my the other guides that i was there with i think were in the same boat certainly no one had a good idea of the geography or anything uh, and it took us about a month to put um of and i mean that's a month of going out you know Eight thirty, nine o'clock every morning and ride until i mean sometimes ride until nine o'clock at night that evening to put it together and it was it was a proper month of riding it was great it had an amazing time uh but yeah it was a month of work and that was a team of uh between kind of four and five of us um some people came out for a week here and there but it was a team of four and five of us so we always had a driver to kind of shuttle us about where we needed it um I mean, when I say we had a driver, we, we swapped around driving. So there was a good team of us. So it's a lot of, uh, you know, it's a lot of hours on the ground, a lot of hours riding, a lot of dead ends, a lot of riding entire days that are carrying bikes, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, the whole idea is that our customers don't have to do it, right? So hmm. we do it. We do it for them. We go get lost and go take, let's not even take that wrong turn, take that trail that looks good on the map, but in reality it's it's not. We go do that. Uh, so so you guys don't have to, really. Yeah, and, and you know, that's a big outlay of money, too, to have to do that for a month before you actually get anything back from it. So, you know, you have to be yeah. committed, really, you know, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, luckily I'm in a, in a situation where I can usually persuade people to kind of uh, – come out on a bit of a working holiday out to um you know places like lake como and you know we mm-hmm. we camped like we camped for a month and uh you know we weren't exactly doing it um in luxury but um yeah so it's a bit of a kind of um bit of a dirtbag lifestyle in a way when you when you're doing it but um you know it's um it's it's well worth it and, and yeah there is a there is a bit of a there is a bit of an outlay to to sorting it out um yeah. but actually it's it's the whole reason to go on doing this um doing this job really and, and keeping on running this business is to put together the new trips that's the that's the real exciting bit of it so don't don't resent it at all really yeah no good and, and what's the most popular trip that people book through you what would you think would be the most popular one it's, it's by far a Mont Blanc trip um right. i think it's got a kind of um 
that the legendary status in, in terms of the Tour de Mont Blanc does. Um, you know, a lot of people have heard of it. So a lot of people will find what we do on Google because they've actually searched, you know, Tour de Mont Blanc mountain biking uh, and they've kind of come across what we're doing and like the like the sound of it so that definitely kind of drives customers to the Mont Blanc one and and also it's the one we've done for longest it's the one that's had the kind of most media attention and some journalists coming out and riding and um you know people um I, I think that's where you come came across me is uh through uh Brian Kennedy from BKXC um yeah. an American guy that kind of came out and got a really nice following on on youtube and he came out for a week and kind of uh, effectively gopro'd our entire um our entire trip um to to all his followers so you know and that was the mont blanc trip so yeah you know there's um there's definitely a, a lot of attention around that trip um but the trans out one is is a close second though you know um because most people that come on our mont blanc trip uh will get in touch with me the following year to come on the trans out trip so you know yeah, it kind of, yeah, it works. Uh, yeah, it kind of feeds in, feeds into each other, which is nice. Brilliant, yeah. And um, one thing I did see from uh, the footage that Brian Kennedy shot for his YouTube channel was the accommodation that you offered on your trips was it looked amazing. Uh, was that high quality service something you always wanted to achieve for the business from the start? Well, you know, it was it was originally going to be refuges, uh, Gareth. It was going right. to be. I don't know if uh, have, you, have you ever stayed in an, in an Alps refuge. No, I haven't actually. No. Well, I mean, for where you're, for where you are, the accommodation is incredible. Um, you know, you you get refuges, um, you know, right up into, uh, you know, into kind of the four thousand meter range of the Alps. So, uh, you know, for where you're actually staying, it's a pretty incredible place to stay. Um, and you know, some of them are more luxurious than others, but they're all pretty much defined by, uh, you know, kind of bunk rooms. Um, kind of thing and you get decent food and all that and but that was originally the idea is to stay in these refuges and um that's what i did on that trip i was telling you about before with uh with my friends the kind of sounding board that's what we did we stayed in a couple of refuges um yeah. but actually when i started putting it to some of my kind of potential customers um they were like actually you know what ben the refuge sounds great for maybe a couple of nights but for a whole week uh, you know, especially if the weather was bad, it might get a bit, might get a bit wearing. So how about you think of uh, hotels? So, so that's what we did. And, um, you know, it's the hotels we, we're saying are, are really nice. I mean, you know, it's not five star luxury. It's not really what we need or want. Um, but I try and stay in places in a great location, you know, with a, yeah. with a really nice view. Um, I massively preference good food. So um, we'll always stay in places that, that service really nice food. And, um, and yeah, I mean, the comfortable, comfortable accommodation, uh, stay in places that are hopefully a little bit different each night, um, try where we can to stay in locally owned places. And, you know, there's often, um, I mean, a, a lot of our customers will say, uh, that one of the, you know, the, one of the highlights is, is kind of meeting the Italian waiters that service, um, yeah. in the different hotels, you know, and, um, it, yeah, it's great. It's, it's one of my favorite parts of the trips as well is, is kind of, um, staying in somewhere different and maybe somewhere a bit quirky each night, you know, that's really nice. It's all part of the experience. I think it really works well on a, on a mountain bike trip, you know? Well, yeah, sure. And it's actually, it's the, the process I'm going through now for our new tri trip in Italy is, is putting together that accommodation. And, um, you know, I would say in order, in order of priority, it's, uh, it's kind of location food, um, and then kind of, you know, a, 
hotel standard if you like so you know we really do preference the kind of food and the location um mm. because i think that's the that's m- the memorable part of uh, of the trip really rather than yeah, yeah. you know did everyone have a king size bed exactly yeah oh yeah exactly exactly now you also offer bespoke trips can you tell us a wee bit about those and how they work yeah so i mean really what that is is um customers getting in touch with me and saying listen ben we've got four to five days to play with uh you know a little bit shorter than maybe we usually do in the alps or someone coming to scotland and saying listen ben we've got a week in scotland and most of our trips in scotland are uh three to four days so people say we've got a week in scotland can you put something together uh now luckily i've spent enough time riding in these places that that yes yes we can so it's really to accommodate people that maybe don't fit into the mold of wanting to come out for a saturday to saturday trip in the alps uh although you know i'll I'll be honest with you gareth you know nowadays um we're we're more limited in terms of the um our resources to put on trips um rather than customers so uh, i must admit it's it's more something i tend to do out of season now you know in in Mm -hmm. kind of uh, early spring in scotland and that kind of thing happy to put stuff together but but now i definitely encourage people to kind of book on to the the tried and tested trips you know i think it actually keeps things uh keeps things better for everyone when it kind of fits into the mold that we're used to we're used to working on but but it is one of the one of my favorite bits is kind of putting together a little bespoke trip for people you know i I mentioned about staying in refuges i do get people emailing me and saying then we want to do a you know, three, four day trip in the Alps, but we want to stay in refuges. Can you sort it out? And yeah, I mean, I'll jump on that. That sounds great to me. <laughs> Brilliant. And what, uh, what kind of group sizes do you take on the trips? So we're a maximum of seven. Wow. Um, just seven. That's awesome. Yeah, that's it. So it's, you've got seven people, seven customers. Um, and then we've got, uh, two guides, uh, with those, uh, with those customers, but there's always one guy driving and there's always one guy riding. So mm-hmm. uh, it's it's kind of one to seven ratio. Right, awesome. And what do people need to bring mostly on the trips or what should people not forget to bring is maybe more important? Well, um, I'll, I'll tell you what, I had a, had a rider last weekend uh, who in the middle of the Cairngorm National Park in Scotland, which... Uh, I'm sure some of your listeners will will know the Cairngorm National Park. It's uh, it's pretty remote. Uh, when you're in the middle of the Cairngorm National Park, you're you're about as far away from civilization as you can get in the mainland UK, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were just riding past a point called Loch Etchkin, uh, which is uh, it's the highest uh, body of water in in the UK of any significant size, at least. Um, and we're riding past there, and uh, this rider uh, ripped off his rear mech which, you know, mm-hmm. is um, is usually okay. We've got to look at his bike and I go, oh, that's great. It's just snapped at the mech hanger. Failed exactly where it's meant to fail. I'm like, if you give me your mech hanger, I'll put a new one on for you and we'll be on our way. Um, and the guy's like, oh, uh, mech hanger, what's that? So, um, so yeah, don't forget a mech hanger. Um, and <laughs> that's, uh, that's quite good, especially in the middle of the Cairngorms. That was a, that was a, long, uh, that was a long way out to uh, without a chain. So... Uh, you know, we did we did fashion something eventually that kind of uh, allowed us to vaguely pedal out the Cairngorms. But, you know, th- that's really um, well, th- there's a there's a lot of important little spares to bring along. And whenever someone books on a trip, I always send them a pretty detailed list of what's required. Um, but to be honest with you, it's the stuff that I think you should be taking on a ride whenever you go riding anyway. 
um mm-hmm. i do i do try and double check but honestly gareth however many times that i put it in bold that i underline it that i you know send repeated emails there'll always be there'll always be someone forgetting something so yeah. you know it's something we can yeah. just deal with as we as we go along somebody with the attitude of oh well if i don't bring it somebody else will have one anyway, well this, you know? this is it and you know a lot of the time like we make a big effort to stock a really good selection of spares in our van and stuff uh, where we can uh, mm. but you know a lot of the time things like mech hangers i mean you're snookered um yeah and, and it can, especially you know, up in the Highlands of Scotland or in France. You know, the bike shops are rubbish, uh, especially in France. Um, you know, they're not going to have a mech hanger uh, for your mm-hmm. bike. It's just not going to happen. So, you know, it really it really can ruin your trip. Um, and I must admit, when it comes to totally preventable things like that, I've not got a huge amount of sympathy um, because, you know, it's uh, we, we do make a massive effort to – to make sure everyone's well informed about what they need to bring. So anyway, my, that's my rant. That's my rant over this, uh, for this podcast. So read the emails Ben sends. Read, read the emails. If you're going on a trip. Read them. Get read, your our spares, bi- read our bike prep list, and you will be fine. So yeah. But you know, you you would be surprised how how many people arrive with headsets that are knackered. I mean, I'm not I'm not talking halfway through the week, Garth. I'm talking arrive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I mean, it's uh, it's frustrating for them. It's frustrating for for me and the guides because we're the ones that end up sorting it out. And you know, ultimately, it's frustrating for all the other all the other riders that are along and that have actually bothered to uh, to bring what they've been told to bring. Yeah. So, so yeah. Yeah. And and do you get anybody asking you to uh, hire bikes, anything like that? Is there anybody just not keen on bringing their bike over? Um, yeah, I do. Especially we're getting we're getting a few more customers from further afield, from America and from Australia and stuff. And mm-hmm. a lot of people want to want to rent bikes when they're flying kind of long haul, which I totally understand. Um, I'll be honest, I don't really recommend it. I much prefer people to bring their own bikes that they're used to, and you know they yeah. can source spares for it and check everything's working. But we do have a couple of bike shops in Chamonix for for our Alps trips uh, that that are reasonably good uh, and that rent kind of decent quality hire bikes. So. Mm-hmm. There is uh, there is the option to sort out hire bikes. I'm kind of investigating running our own fleet of hire bikes for next year, but right. it's quite a it's quite a big uh, undertaking really to to run and maintain a fleet of hire bikes. Certainly. Not sure that'll happen. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, I wanted to ask you. This is the big question because yeah. looking at the footage of riding, the rides look look pretty crazy in, in places. How fit or what skill level do you need to be to to go on one of your trips if somebody's thinking of going on one of your trips you know considering most people maybe only get out on their bike a couple of times a week if they're lucky do you need to be super fit or how do you assess that i'm sure it must be a bit of a head scratcher at times for you yeah it's really it's really hard uh, to actually define um you know how technically good you need to be or how fit you need to be because um yeah everyone's kind of definition uh is is a little bit little bit different um so what i would say is i mean you know if you're going out on your bike twice a week you're probably going to be okay but when i when i worry is when people say i've not been out on my bike in the last year and and i and i get it i get people coming along uh that really yeah that the bike's been in the shed for the year you know there's often there's often reasons um you know, but, mm-hmm. but some people struggle to get out and they, they think they treat mountain biking maybe a little bit more like a ski holiday, you know, um, mm-hmm. where you can kind of, uh, you know, 
go along and and do it. So we we do need a bit more than that, really. So you know, but you're going out twice a week. You go be you go be good. I mean, to give you an idea in numbers, uh, an average day is uh, between about five hundred and a thousand meters of climbing. Um, mm-hmm. Now, a lot of that climbing, some of it's on fire road, some of it's uh, pushing your bike, some of it's carrying your bike, some of it's kind of technical climbs. Uh, there's a bit of variation, but you know, 500 to 1,000 meters on average. Uh, sometimes there's some some days on our trips that are a lot less than that. You know, there's there's a couple of hundred meters at the most. And there's some days that are a bit more than that, you know, 12, 1,300 meters over the day. So, uh, but that, that's kind of, um, gives people a reasonable idea of the amount of climbing that's involved in the day. Um, and in terms of the descending, we're talking between about four and 5,000 meters downhill um, in a day. Um mm-hmm. So actually, what we're really looking for is it's, it's not a kind of first to the top kind of fitness. It's really just uh, the ability to go all day and the ability to spend yeah. the day riding your bike in the saddle. And, and for six days, now don't get me wrong, people can take a day off but um, if they want, but most people do want to ride for the six days. So I think what it is, it's, uh, you know, if you're managing to maintain over the especially over the winter you know once a week twice a week out on the bike and then as people are coming into springtime if they're getting out for the odd day uh you know the odd six seven hour ride um mm-hmm. you know at the weekends for example then that's really gonna put you in a really good stead um to come on the trip and not just struggle through it but really enjoy it you know which yeah. is obviously what we want to see um and then there's a, there's a, almost a different conversation when it comes to the technical level. Um, I mean, the riding is pretty tough on, on really any of the trips that, that we do, uh, whether that's in Scotland or the Alps. The riding is pretty hard. Um, I guess the easiest thing to say is that if you have not ridden away from trail centers, then this isn't the trip for you. Um, okay. You know, really, when I'm when I'm speaking to people about technically how competent you need to be, I think you know, going up into the Peak District, into the Lake District, into Snedonia, uh, up into Scotland, and, you know, riding the natural stuff, uh, riding away from the trail centres. Um, that's really what we're looking for, for you to come on the trip and, and really enjoy it. Um, something like, can you go up and ride Snowden? Um, you know, can you go up and ride Helvellyn? Is that kind of um, within your capability. And if the answer is yes, then you're going to be fine. If the answer is, oh, I've never done that, and I've only ridden around Glentress Red Run, then really, I think um, you've got a little bit more to do before uh, you want to book on mm-hmm. one of the trips. But you know what? I always encourage anyone thinking of coming on a trip. Uh, I'm always on the end of the phone, so I'm very happy to kind of talk very specifically to, our, uh, to any rider who's kind of curious about just what the level is and talk about what they've done and you know talk about like what they should be looking to do to kind of um um train up for the trip if you like or what they they should be looking to do uh, if they kind of aspire to doing this kind of riding i'm very happy to talk about and how much how much in advance would people need to book to get on one of your trips ben well you know if you want a specific date for next year then then now really um Mm -hmm. we've, we've already filled up some dates for next year so uh, if you want a specific date, um, you know, especially if you're a group, if you're five, six, seven people, um, then, you know, really now is the time. Between now and Christmas, though, I'll be able to find you something over the summer. Uh, you know, if you're uh, if you're coming as a, as a pair or you're coming as, a, as an individual, um, and that's uh, something to say right there, really, is, you know, we get a lot of individuals booking onto our trips. Uh, and they yeah, because I was, whole... I was going to ask you what kind of people you get booking on your trips normally. Is it pairs, you know, is it... 
husband and wife? Is it just single guys wanting about to get a ski up for a week? What kind yes, of people? Yes, I would say it's fifty-fifty between groups of guys. So when I'm in a group, you know, four, five, six people, um, seven mm-hmm. people, um, groups of guys. Now, if a group of six or seven contact me, I'll run a trip just for them. Um, do you know what I mean? That'll be a private trip for them. Um, you know, so I got 50, 50% groups and then the rest of it is pairs and individuals. Um, you know, and if you're a pair individual, you can probably afford to wait until, uh, kind of February, March before, uh, you know, and if you're flexible with dates, you can wait until February, March and, and slot into a trip somewhere. There's usually still a few spaces hanging around then, although, you know, we've been pretty busy, um, recently so i'm i'm can't can't promise anything so if you want to come along yeah. i definitely suggest getting in touch as soon as you can uh, but yeah, yeah you know what I, I always say to people you know individuals you know you'll come along on the trip on your own but you're gonna leave with a whole bunch of of new riding mates uh, and actually what i love to see and it happens uh, quite a lot is a bunch of people that have met on the trip and maybe there's a group of three a group of two and a couple of individuals and actually they'll book as a group the following year they've got on so wow. well and you know and i love to see that that's just great you know they've properly left yeah, with awesome. a group of riding mates that's really nice brilliant and would you see mostly people from the uk or as you say you were getting more people interested from america and stuff where, where else are you seeing people coming from yeah you know the uk is is really where we advertise uh into um and mm-hmm. you know but it's uh, the nice thing about the uk is it's kind of uh, in a lot of ways it's the kind of hub of the european bike industry um sure some of the German manufacturers won't appreciate that, but, um, you know, it really, it really is in terms of the, the media in the UK, you know, it's, it's, um, it's quite a great way to reach out to most of Europe. So I get a lot of UK riders. I get a lot of people from Sweden, Norway, Germany, um, sometimes from places like Spain, Greece, um, and then a little bit further afield. So Canada, America, Australia, New Zealand, um, and places like Israel and yeah, I mean, oh, wow. from all, all around the world really. Uh, but I would say it's still probably uh, 60% UK riders for me just now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great to see that it's expanding out further in the UK when you normally have all your advertising and all your efforts put into the UK market. So that's pretty awesome. So word of yeah, mouth is good for you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The only people we don't really get booking on is, um, is the nationalities of where we run our trips. Um, so in, uh, I've, not, I've not had many, I have had a few, but I've not had many French people yeah. book on. Um, although I do get, I do actually get, and I love to see this, I get Scottish people book on to my, uh, to my Scotland trips quite a lot, which is, which is great, you know. I really like to see that. Brilliant. So just quickly, take us through a day in the life of Ben Jones MTB Adventure. What, if, if I'm on one of your trips, what would I expect? What kind of time do you get up in the morning? Does it vary? Just take us through just quickly a, a yeah. day. A day your wing there. What I would suggest anyone to do is, um, first of all, is hop onto YouTube, uh, type in BKXC uh, or Brian Kennedy XC, Ben Jones MTB. Um, and in that search, uh, Brian's, who we've talked about uh, a little bit um, earlier, Brian's videos of, um of what we do will come up and he gives a really kind of good almost kind of diarized uh, account of our trip so definitely do that but i'll go through it very quickly uh, if you guys so yeah we're we're usually up eating breakfast about eight o'clock in the hotel so i mean i i think i don't know about your listeners but i think that's quite civilized to be honest so yeah no that's good, that's good. We're, we're up at eight I'm o'clock, a six o'clock start. no no none of that one holiday so <laughs> 
I'm not getting up at six o'clock every day for a start, Gareth. So uh, it's, it's quite a nice civilized start, to be honest. We we actually had this uh, this season. We had some guys out who were market traders in London, and they were telling me they're up at one o'clock every day for work. Uh, oh so they God. they were always up before everyone else, raring to go. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's still a, it was still an eight o'clock breakfast. So um, <laughs> no, it's eight o'clock breakfast. You know. And then uh, we aim to be out on the bikes or at least uh, kind of in the van going up the hill uh, to the start of the first trailhead uh, by about nine o'clock. Um, you know, we'll, we'll ride um, from about nine o'clock till 1230 uh, kind of time. And, and when I say ride, I mean, we're not, you know, we're not um, blasting out the miles for, for that time. You know, where maybe there's a mid-morning coffee, there's a couple of uplifts, there's a, there's maybe a... Um, a chairlift in there you know there's Mm -hmm. we're not we're not just kind of churning out miles for that kind of five hours in the morning um and then you know we usually have a lunch sometimes we we meet the van for lunch uh sometimes we've taken packed lunch with us um so we eat it on the mountain it just really depends on the day and uh and then we ride for another few hours in the afternoon that usually takes us to about 4 35 o'clock roughly that's what we're aiming for Mm -hmm. uh finish up at a nice pub have a beer um and often finish up right at the hotel and we're we're having a beer in the hotel bar um and yeah and then dinner dinner seven seven thirty uh usually all the time the meal is uh is three four five course affair um if anyone's familiar with kind of italian food it's all it's all quite traditional you know with your pasta course with your meat course with your cheese course it's uh it's often often like that so uh we have a proper sit-down meal usually lasts for hour and a half depending on how freely the wine is flowing um and try and get to bed reasonably early to do it all again the next day so so that's it really it's it's a proper it's a proper holiday as well as uh as well as a riding trip you know yeah and it's good uh be a brian kennedy's bkxc youtube channel actually shows you the food and everything else and accommodation so his channel is very good and it'll give you a good insight to to what you guys do so i think that works really well sure and I, and I think anyone uh we were talking about this earlier in terms of what the ride is like anyone that's a little bit curious as to um you know how technical the riding is i know it's hard to see on a video but how technical it is you know maybe the level of exposure that you're experiencing on the trails in terms of drops um you know brian's video is a really good kind of depiction of that uh, i must admit his uh, his fisheye lenses that he uses on those gopros do make some of the ridges we ride look pretty scary and they don't feel <laughs> quite as scary as that when we're on them but um yeah it, i think it gives anyone a, a good idea of uh, of the kind of level we're looking at yeah, and, and you seem to get on well with Brian. Is he a nice fella in reality? He's a lovely guy. Yeah, Brian is a lovely guy. I've actually there's there's plans to get Brian out next year on our other trip um, because we enjoyed having him out so much, enjoyed riding with him, enjoyed his chat. So yeah, he's a lovely guy. Yeah, brilliant, awesome. Sounds good. Um, so just uh, take us th- quickly just through your team. How many guides you have there? How many is are there in full all the time? Okay, so as I say, on any trip, there's always there's always two guides. Um, mm-hmm. Usually through the day, there's one drive and one guiding. Um, so uh, I've actually for next year, uh, we're we're pairing back a little bit in terms of um, how many trips we offer. So uh, this year, for example, I had kind of two sets of trips running at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've decided for next year to kind of dial it back a bit and really focus on kind of running. Um, running one trip at a time so uh so yeah i mean this year you know it's at times we had kind of five six guides in the chalet um wow 
or in the chalets uh, when we were running two trips. And then we had a couple of chalet hosts as well. So it was a, it was a fair, fair amount of people around. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, next year I'm anticipating, you know, there'll be kind of two, three guides um, making up the team. Uh, and we'll be kind of rotating and out. You know, you can't guide these kind of trips for 10 weeks at one time you know i think by the time you've done three weeks in a row you're pretty pretty tired so mm-hmm. uh, you need a you need a week off to recuperate so um so yeah i'm kind of imagining next year we're going to be three four guides rotating in and out uh, and there'll be and we'll have a shallow house so it's you know it's a it's a reasonable reasonable team you certainly i yeah. i get to know everyone pretty well that, that i work with which is great mm-hmm. and do you use local riders for your guides or is it friends that live with you in scotland or do you use local guys from there or on so when you say local i i use uh generally uh, i use um guides that i know from riding with generally that's uh kind okay. of one of my uh one of my recruiting uh tests if you like is you know do i like riding with this person and generally yeah. if i do my customers will as well which is nice so so yeah generally i do that now when you say local i mean i, I have plenty of guides that live and work uh you know within the french alps um mm-hmm. not necessarily from the french alps um but live and work there uh in scotland um you know again i'm i know i don't sound it but i'm uh, i'm a local i um was um brought up in sterling central scotland so um you know i'm a local in scotland and all the guides we use in scotland or most of the guides we use in scotland are our local guides um and people that uh, generally i i ride with personally as well as uh as well as guide with which is uh which is really nice and the same same with the alps really yeah well you seem to have that tapped on because you get loads of uh great testimonials on your site and stuff so uh, i think your guides are doing a good job for you there oh they, so they, they're, 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 well. they're, no, they're all they're all brilliant you know and that's um you know i'm under no illusion that the the guide totally makes or breaks the trip you know we can put as much planning as we want into you know the accommodation and into kind of all the systems we have in place and we can do all everything uh to do with that but ultimately i think for most of our most of our customers it's um it's about the time they spend on the mountain with uh with a knowledgeable and professional guide and you know and someone that's friendly and personable and is also going to get involved with the banter and the um you know at the level of the group as well and you know all yeah. the guides i've got just tick all the boxes they're all brilliant so uh you know i couldn't couldn't be doing this without them which is great yeah awesome and ben to me your trips seem uh, very reasonably priced is is that something that you've worked hard on to keep competitive you know it's it's funny when i when i first started um was five years ago i first started uh, running the trips uh, i got the i got the opposite complaint um i got you know you, you have to remember there was there was a time not too long ago when you know a mountain bike holiday involved uh booking some kind of cheap chalet in morzine uh for mm. 300 pounds for the week um and i still occasionally kind of get comments like that on my web on my facebook page and stuff when people see the price uh but i think uh, so when I first started, um, I think we were at about a thousand pounds for a for a week's trip. Um, you know, people would often comment that it was quite expensive, and and then people would come on the trip and they would see where the money went, um, and the word kind of spread that actually, uh, you know, when you're putting together a point to point trip like this, and when you're, uh, you know, when you've got kind of decent guide to rider ratios, and you've got the van support and small groups and and all this kind of stuff, that it actually does just cost money to put on. Um, and I've tried to keep the prices um, as competitive as I can. Um, I've had to, unfortunately, switch to pricing in euros for next year. 
uh, it was just absolutely killing me having to be a currency trader, uh, trying to deal with people paying me in pounds and having to outlay in euros. So I've had to switch my pricing for, for the Alp strips in, in Euro, into euros next year, which um, unfortunately for, for those uh, of us earning pounds has made them a little bit more expensive. Um, but actually, if you do the conversion into euros, it's about exactly where it was five years ago. So I've done my best to uh, to kind of keep the prices as competitive as I possibly can. Um, you know, and the only real reason I've been able to do that is by filling each trip. So, you know, we don't run a trip now. I mean, we, we, we once you book a trip, you're, you know, the, the week's running, you know what I mean? We'll never go cancel a week mm-hmm. because we don't yeah. have the bookings, but you know, last year we, we booked out every single space we offered and, and that's really the key for me to be able mm-hmm. to keep the prices, um, reasonable. I would say, I think the good value is maybe a, a better word. I think you get yeah. your money. Yeah, well, when I th- I think when people see what what you offer and what they get on the trip, they'll you know they'll realise that the money's in it definitely. You know, it looks top notch. So I, I think what you're doing is very reasonable. Yeah, certainly. I've certainly had you know I've had a few people before the trip, uh, or, or certainly uh, on Facebook, not necessarily people that booked on, but on Facebook say it's expensive. But certainly anyone that's come on the trip, uh, usually I get the comment that you've just made, which is uh, Ben, I don't see how you make any money out of this. And I say, well, you can you can pay more if you want. So, um, yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, I think people people see where the where their money goes once they're on the trip, which is which is nice to which is nice to see. You know, I mean, ultimately we've all we've all got to make a living, but I, I, I'm I do this for the for the lifestyle and to ride great trails with mm-hmm. with nice people rather than to uh, to make a pack out of it. So yeah, that's the main thing. Awesome. And I want to speak to you a wee bit about. Um, sponsorship and if you've had any help with sponsorship running your adventure tours uh, so we, we get um, we get support from some bike manufacturers so um, Yeti the uh, bike manufacturer have uh, looked after us for well since the start actually they've provided our um, myself and my guides with uh, amazing bikes for, for the last five years um, and then uh, Absolute Black help us out with things like chain rings, fabric help us out with saddles. So yeah, we've got we've got a few guys um, supporting us in terms of kit, um, which is great, you know. And it's um, I think what I would say is you know we will only use kit as guides. We'll only use kit if it works for what you know for what we uh, yeah. what we need it to do. And all of the brands I've just mentioned um do do that actually and uh especially the yeti bikes they've been they've been amazing for the last few years so it's been great to um it's been you know it's been a privilege to be able to ride such nice bikes you know i wouldn't wouldn't be able to ride uh yetis without their their very generous support so that's been um that's been great uh but yeah in terms of uh you know we're not a we're not a race we're not an event so in terms of kind of uh financial support um not at all, unfortunately. That'd be nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. The, the Yetis look awesome. I'm, I'm in the market for a new bike myself, and the Yetis do look great. I'm going to try and get my leg over one of those soon. Oh, they, they are they are great bits of kit, and they have a they have a lovely kind of uh, range out at the moment. You know, which really kind of covers all bases, um, and I think they do a really good job of making it quite clear as to what bike suits what you're looking to do uh, i've actually got a couple mm-hmm. a couple of yetis at the moment um i've got one of their 29ers one of their uh, sb 5.5s which is like just a machine for covering miles you know it's what i reach for when i'm riding in scotland um and then 
I've got uh, I've got a Yeti SB6, which is what I use when I uh, when I head out to the Alps. Yeah, yeah, the bikes look awesome. Um, so you've been involved Ben, in the in the mountain bike industry in a way for quite a long time now. Have you seen the industry change any? And do you think has the changes helped your business grow in any way? I think so. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned this briefly earlier. Um, I think people like Transprovence, like Ash at Transprovence, I think were real first yeah. movers when it comes to um, how the industry has moved into this kind of enduro type of ride. Now, now I actually hate to use the word enduro. Um, I don't really think it, I mean, maybe as a race category, it means something, but, you know, I think for, for me and you, uh, I don't really think it means anything apart from what we've always done on mountain bikes. Um, it's certainly what I've always done on a mountain bike, which is kind of get to the top so I can enjoy going down. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, I think it's what most people, yeah. what it re- that really resonates with most people. So what I think is great is this kind of uh, the industry's adoption of enduro and, you know, things like the EWS, um, you know, the enduro world, uh, series there um i think has really kind of pushed bike development into this kind of bike uh into this kind of enduro bike um mm-hmm. and it's given us massive advantages uh you know in terms of what we get to ride every day and the money that's gone into that segment of the industry i mean it wasn't too long ago that it was all about downhill i'm sure you sure you remember that yeah. um everything was about downhill racing and the high-end downhill bikes and they were the flagships of the bike company's fleets, uh, but actually not anymore. It's the enduro bikes that are the flagships. And I think that's been hugely beneficial for us as riders. Uh, and also it's allowed the, certainly the holiday industry to um, really kind of push into this adventurous um, point of view. I mean, I remember doing these kind of trips on a on an old Santa Cruz bullet um, many years ago. And that was about as close as we got to a bike that was capable of going down very competently and kind of went uphill just uh, if you were slow. Um, <laughs> and, it, and it really was a limiting factor. So, you know, I, I, I also think people's kind of, as people have got a little bit, I wouldn't say bored, but, uh, you know, they've come out to the to the resorts of the Alps, um, you know, and, and the trail centers in the UK. They've done things like Morzine, uh, maybe even Les Arc, um, you know, a lot of people come out to Aptuers and done the Mega Avalanche, or in Scotland, they've kind of done the Glen Tress and they've done the maybe even, even Lagan, you know, they've done that kind of thing. And I think they've gone right. Well, well, what's next to my riding? And these bikes have come along almost just in time to to get people on to um, get people get people into doing this more adventurous uh, type of riding. Yeah, that's what we've done from the start, um, and it's great to see um, a lot of other. Uh, holiday companies starting to take their offering um into that uh into that space really uh, i think the days of running a, a holiday based in one place um you know there's there's still a there's still a market for it but um i think there's more and more people that that want something a little bit more adventurous out of their bike holiday so yeah i think the industry has kind of bent towards that um that point of view yeah awesome awesome and we've talked about it a wee bit there about your your new trails in Italy and stuff that you're you're working on, but is there anything else in the pipeline for Ben Jones MTB Adventure Holdies? Anything else we the, get a wee sneak preview yeah, in the future? Of you know, um, so to give you some context for for our Italy trip, I mean it's it's really in the in the first stages of its development. So 
I still have to go out to Italy and, and sort out all the accommodation. That's uh, I mean, it's quite a nice trip. Um, I'm, quite, I'm looking looking forward to that uh, that <laughs> holiday. Sometimes sometime in the next couple of months, probably without bikes, just uh, just with a hire car, touring around some hotels uh, and hopefully staying in some. So that sounds all right to me. Yeah. So I've still got to do that. Uh, and next year I will be offering the Italy trip. And I apologize for anyone listening to this who's uh, got their uh, um, hopes set on um, – I'm coming on one next year, uh, but I'll be offering the Italy trip only to uh, my regular customers. So there's a select group of riders who I know will give me some pretty honest feedback about what they think. And no doubt before we offer it, um, and it'll be 2019, we'll offer it as a kind of, uh, as you know, one of our kind of scheduled trips. Um, we'll have no doubt made some changes based on uh, based on that feedback. So, so that'll be next year. So that's really taken up an awful lot of my uh, kind of, energy in terms of putting together new trips uh, yeah the only other thing i'm thinking of um really is um is scotland and doing maybe a week-long trip in scotland um mm. but what's what's um potentially quite exciting is uh, i've worked quite closely with a couple of guides that do um you know work freelance but also put together their own things um the guide I, there's a guide i work with who um knows the um piemont region of italy very well which is quite close to where we run existing trips um and he's got a couple of great uh routes through there so um potentially we'll go be joining forces to to kind of offer uh maybe under my banner if you like but offer some sort of um kind of collaboration uh mm out there but again it's kind of early days um in terms of that so i've not got a huge amount to to share in terms of the route or uh what that would involve but as soon as uh, as soon as i do i'll certainly it'll be up on the website and you know if anyone wants to uh, keep abreast of kind of the latest developments then if you click on the contact page on our website you can sign up to our newsletter and you'll be the first to know about any new trips we offer and um sign updates and all that kind of thing Cool. Yeah, brilliant. And just talking on that, if people want to find out a wee bit more about what you offer and stuff, how how's best to get in contact with you? So on the website's the first first port of call. Um, it's benjonesmtb.com. Um, you'll find a contact page there with my email address on it, um, and you can have a good browse around um, all the trips that we offer. Uh, we're reasonably active on social media. I must admit, I'm probably not as good as I should be. Um, but basically, uh, if you search for Ben Jones MTB Adventures on Facebook, you'll find our page there. And we post up photos and news on there. And on Instagram and Twitter, the handle is at Ben Jones MTB. And you'll find us on there. But as I say, I'm probably not as good at posting up on Twitter and Instagram as uh, as maybe I should be. I'll try and be I'll try and be better. <laughs> it's hard to do everything at times. You know? Oh, I know, I know. I've got plenty of uh, I've got plenty of photos to to keep me going over the over the winter, but um, sometimes things things get in the way of social media. We'll certainly put anything up in the show notes, Ben, regarding links and how to contact you and stuff. So um, if That's the listeners great. want to go there to the show notes, they can get in contact. It's just easy. It's easy there. It's there for them, and they can just click on that and go straight through to you so ben listen thank you very much it's been awesome having you on the show plenty of info there and um i hope people really check out your website and stuff it's a beautiful site um with loads of info and stuff on there so i i think uh i, I think people should definitely check that it is awesome and um thank you so much for coming on it's been brilliant chatting to you and you're the first adventure holiday 
kind of package deals we've had on the podcast. So awesome, thank you. Brilliant, thanks, thanks very much, Gareth. It's been uh, it's been great to great to speak to you. I mean, maybe even get to see you out on one of the trips at some point. That would be great. I would love that. That would be absolutely awesome. Um, I, I'm definitely. I'm, I normally I normally keep my holidays for snowboarding holidays or surf or surf trips, but um, I, I definitely have to get out in the in the mountain bike elsewhere than just oh, you, trees you, Yeah, you got to you got to come and you got to come and experience the Alps. Um, yeah, you really do. True. I mean, the trails are the trails speak for themselves. And I know you've I know you've checked out Brian's videos and stuff, but. Um, I mean, really, it doesn't it doesn't do us justice. I mean, just the riding is uh, the riding is top notch. So hopefully, see you out one of these days. Yeah, that'll be awesome, Ben. That'll be awesome. All right. Well, thank you very much. Have a good day, and uh, I hope everything goes well for you in the off season, and you get um, you get everything sorted, and it's not too stressful for you. Brilliant. Thanks very thanks very much, Gareth. That's great. All the best, Ben. Cheers, now. You too. Thank you. Bye bye. That wraps up episode number 15, folks. I hope you really enjoyed that. I had a great time chatting to Ben, and uh, the gentleman's full of information. And he just loves life. He loves doing what he does there and um, enjoying that scene out there. So it's awesome to get him on the podcast, and I really enjoyed it. Now, I hope you took information from it. But if you need more information on Ben and what he offers, please visit the show notes at mtb-tribe.com. You'll get links on there to all his social media and his website address and stuff. And as I said in the intro, do visit his website. It is um, packed full of information, and you will get loads of stuff on there if you're interested in doing something with Ben in the near future. Please check that out if you can. And if you enjoyed the show, please like and share us on iTunes. It is very much appreciated. Or Stitcher, if that's the platform you prefer. And five-star ratings are always fantastic, so please do that. If you need any more information, you can always visit the website or check us out on socials and Instagram at MTV Tribe and Facebook, MTV Tribe. So again, folks, thank you so much for listening, and I will chat to you next week with another MTV Tribe podcast. Have a great week, folks. Enjoy your weekend and hopefully you get out in the bikes.